Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. We're with Dr. Knowledge. Dr. Knowledge, let's talk a little bit about a scientist who thinks he knows what aliens look like. Yeah, uh, George, we interviewed uh, a guy for my book, the all-time book of fascinating facts, who, in fact, had a meeting with Albert Einstein at one time. Uh-huh. And uh, he's done a lot of research on this uh, as to what an alien might look like from another <laughs> world. And he said a, a couple of interesting things. One, he thinks uh, they would look pretty much like us because our bodies are pretty efficient. Uh, although he said we might have uh, three eyes instead of, they might have three mm-hmm. eyes instead of uh, two, an eye in the back of the head might be valuable. But the face itself, the head itself, is very practical. Uh, the only other thing he thought, uh, obviously there might be a difference in skin color, but he said we have already have that here. Uh, he also felt that they might have more appendages than we do, uh, just like uh, we have some you know, insects with six legs or six arms. We might have an alien. There's no reason why we just have to have two arms and two legs. That's true. Could have four arms and two legs or four legs. Who knows? Uh, But he felt, generally speaking, you know, you could have, it's very logical to have one of those, the extra eye or the extra arms or legs. But on the other hand, our bodies are pretty efficient for what we do. And we look, uh, our, our brothers and sisters out there may look pretty much the same as we do, but it's interesting to think about. And <laughs> uh, he, he could be right. He could yeah. be right. I mean, because we've had reports of, you know, human-looking ETs. They called mm-hmm. them the uh, Nordiques. Right. And uh, who, you know what? If if we're up there on the food chain at the top level, it could be the same everywhere. Well, we, we also say, George, when you think about it, uh, our our galaxy has billions of stars, and there are billions of galaxies out there. And with all that, we, we can't be the only ones. Uh, there has to be uh, advanced life somewhere else, all the billions and billions and billions of stars. In fact, somebody once said there are more stars out there and planets than there are grains of sand on, on our Earth. Uh, and when you think about it, just in our galaxy alone, there are a billion planets and stars and uh, that's just one of billions of galaxies. You were talking about the uh, diner, Louis Lunch, as the inventor of the hamburger. Mm-hmm. Why are hot dogs called hot dogs, Dr. Oh, that's a great story. <laughs> Originally, they weren't called hot dogs, but in the early 1900s at a baseball game in New York, early in the season, it was a cool day, and in those days at ballparks, they only had cold food to, to sell. They didn't have any hot food in the early days of baseball. And there was a concessionaire by the name of Harry Stevens who became very well known in later years. He became the concessionaire at a lot of ballparks around the country. So he was sitting there and he realized his poor vendors weren't selling much this day because it was a very cool day early in the season. And he said, boy, if I could only find something hot to sell, warm to sell, I could do pretty well. So he took a walk around the neighborhood, went to a butcher shop and told the butcher his problem. He said, do you have anything warm I could sell? Anything? Well, the butcher had some sausages cooking on the grill, and he cooked some more. He, in fact, he took all the sausages he had, uh, a pretty uh, good supply of them, and put them on the grill and cooked the grill. Uh, but uh, uh, the concessionaire, Harry Stevens, said, wait a minute, though. If I take the sausages, how are the people going to hold them? And 
the butcher said, well, there's a bakery next door. Why don't you go and see if they have some buns or something you could use? So he did that. He went next door. Sure enough, the baker had some buns. So he took the buns and the sausages back to the ballpark. He, he came back a few times to keep getting more and more as the game went on. But anyhow, he gave the sausage in the bun to the vendors, and they were going around the ballpark holding up the sausage in the bun. And that was the birth of the hot dog, but it didn't have the name yet. There was a cartoonist uh-huh. at the game that day. His name was Tad Dorgan. And in those days, many newspapers, and there were a lot of newspapers in those days, they ran cartoons on the front page. That was very right. common. And they were original cartoons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this guy was one of the best-known cartoonists in New York City. So he, he saw the vendors going around holding uh, a bun with a sausage in it. And the sausage reminded him of a dachshund. So he drew a cartoon with the vendor holding up a bun with a dachshund in it. <laughs> and he was going to title the cartoon Hot Dachshund. But he was on deadline, and he had to get the cartoon finished. And he realized at the last minute he wasn't quite sure how to spell dachshund. So, this is a true story. He took the easy way out, and instead of calling it Hot Dachshund, he just made it Hot Dog. And that was the birth of the name. And we know that story is true, George, because there's a that his original cartoon naming the hot dog is in the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. There's a copy of that cartoon that gave us the name Hot Dog. I bet he sold a million of them. <laughs> That's just a great story, isn't it? It's, it sure uh, is. Talking about baseball, you uh, say that uh, it's how many outs there are in an inning. I would say six. Well, you you you're you're great. You are correct. But most people, I think, might say three. That's a good. That's a half an inning. Yeah, you can have fun with that question. How many outs are there in an inning? I think most people offhand, you can try this on people. I think most people offhand might just say three, because you know three outs, the inning's over. But it's really only the half inning that's, right. that's over. The first inning has six outs. The second inning has six outs. When you take the first half and the second half, of the inning. So the correct answer is six, as you had it. But I think most people might say three. Now, here's uh, another one. I'm going to answer this one for you, too, see if I'm right. But your question is, how can a baseball pitcher be credited with a win in a game without ever throwing a pitch to a batter? Mm-hmm. I would say he is in the inning and is taken out, but he's the pitcher of record, and then his team scores a run in the next inning or something. Well, without ever throwing a pitch, though, uh, the answer we have in, in our book is uh, there's a tie game. They bring in a relief pitcher uh, in the top of the ninth. The opposing team has a runner at first base with two out. The relief pitcher comes in, and before he throws a pitch to the batter, he throws to first base, picks the runner off first base. The inning is over. And then his team then his scores. Team scores a run in the last. And he's, he's, he's the, the winner, winner of record because he's a, the pitcher of record. I like that. He, he never threw a pitch to a batter. I was close. Oh yeah, yeah. You can win some money on that bet too. <laughs> in our book, we do have um, uh, questions like that that you can sort of trick people on. And uh, if I may mention, um, our website is knowledgeinthenutshell.com. Folks can. Yep, we've got that linked up for you see, too okay, at coast fine, to coast. Thank you. And the name of the book is the all-time book of fascinating facts. Is that the that's the latest one, right? Yeah, yeah. I what I did, uh, George, was take what I considered the best of all the stuff I had over the years, and then 
as I say, it took the last couple of years also adding new things. And uh, we have about 300 and some pages and uh, lots of questions you can quiz folks on. Uh, makes a nice Father's Day gift. We'll take some questions with you next hour, by the way, Dr. Okay. Knowledge. And not that I want people to stump you, but they might have some of their own little well, trivia they, questions for they you. They might stump me. That's good. Could be. <laughs> what is so strange about U.S. coins you talk about? Well, this is a funny one, George. This is really odd. Just about everybody calls the one-cent coin a penny, right? We, we don't say one yeah. cent. We say penny. Just about everybody calls the five-cent piece a nickel. And yet the words penny and nickel are not on the penny or nickel. It says one cent or five cents. And yet the dime, the ten-cent piece, everybody calls that a dime, that is on the coin, one dime, and the quarter, everybody calls everybody doesn't say a 25-cent piece, they say a quarter, and the word quarter is on the quarter. That's on that, too, that's right. So when I was writing a book, I called the mint, and I said, well, you know, why in the world, uh, you know, we, we have uh, dime on the dime and quarter on the quarter, why don't we put penny on the penny and nickel on the nickel? And the guy I talked to said, geez, I don't know. <laughs> he says, I guess just because we've always done it that way. So, I, you know, I tried to talk to somebody else, and I said, you know, any consideration about changing that? And they felt, no, since it's always been that way, that's that's the way it'll be. But the next time you look at a penny or a nickel, realize those words aren't on it. It says one cent or five cent, but yet look at the dime, and it does say one dime, and the quarter does say one quarter. Fascinating tidbits, to be sure. You talk about two U.S. presidents who were so popular, nobody ran against them. Would that be George Washington and James Monroe? You are absolutely right. As you're yes. <laughs> that is correct. Nobody ran against Washington. I mean, he was considered the obvious, uh, where are they? while they were writing the Constitution and everything, he was the obvious choice to be president. Uh, he had no competition at all. Nobody ran against him, either for his first term or his second term. On the case of James Monroe, he ran for a second day. He's not that famous, really, James Monroe. He's not one of, not considered one of the greatest presidents, I wouldn't say. But uh, when he ran for a second term, things were very good in the country. It was 1820. It was uh, called the Era of Good Feeling. Uh, and nobody thought that they could beat Monroe when he ran for second term, so nobody ran against him. Now, he did not get all the electoral votes only because there was one elector who wanted Washington to hold the record of being the only president voted unanimously, getting all the electoral votes. So this one elector uh, voted for somebody else, not because he was against Monroe, but just because he wanted to protect Washington's record. But Monroe uh, got all the electoral votes but one, and uh, won the election, obviously, and and uh, nobody did run against him, the one electoral vote he got was really not an opponent. It was just a, uh, a vote to preserve Washington's record. So nobody ran against Monroe. Nobody ran against Washington. But I don't think we'll ever see that again. <laughs> Famous people who have had food named after them. Uh, this is a fun question. You, as you can think of, we, we name a few of them here, but your folks, your listeners. Uh, they can jump in with us yeah. next hour. Well, our former, here are some, are just ones I can remember here. Our former Secretary of State, Condoleezza Rice. All right. We've had actors, uh, Kevin Bacon, Jack Lemon, uh, John Candy, Haley Berry. And then here's a funny one. We had two Supreme Court justices. One was Felix Frankfurter. <laughs> uh, honest to goodness, that was his name, Felix Frankfurter. 
Uh, he was on the Supreme Court for a long time. And Warren Burger was Chief Justice for a while. Uh, so we had a Frankfurter and a Burger as <laughs> uh, Supreme Court justices. Uh, and then there was that uh, congressman who got into trouble. Um, it was, oh, Anthony, Anthony Weiner. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Named after yeah. a hot dog. Yeah, and then L.L. Bean. I think. <laughs> we, yeah, L.L. Bean. Then we've had some baseball players, Mike Trout, who's a good star now. Daryl Strawberry was a pretty good ball player. Coco Crisp. Uh, the, women's, the women's soccer player, one of the great women's soccer players, Mia Hamm. <laughs> and uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers had a pretty good linebacker, Jack Hamm. And then, of course, the singer, uh, Meatloaf. Uh, he went by that name. But uh, most of these other names, by the way, though, were their real names. Uh, How about the Margarita Pizza? Yeah, there you uh, go. After the Queen. That's exactly right. That's where it got its name. That's right. Souffle Diana? <laughs> good. You're very good, George. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.